This episode of Cognitive Dissonance is brought to you by our patrons. You fucking rock. Be advised that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. Recording live from Glory Hole Studios in Chicago and beyond, this is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is no welcome at. This is episode 678. Got of it. Cognitive distance. Got it. Nailed it. Whatever. Just had to scroll back over to my notes. You crushed it. In order to do that. Cecil, I've got a I've got I've got a story to tell you. It's a little bit of uh confession time. Oh, it's a little okay. bit it's a little bit sure. of like um it's an embarrassing story. So uh and I, I thought I would relay it to you here. Oh yeah, no, yeah. So you and and s- several dozen thousand of your favorite friends. Right. Yep, yeah. All right. So as you know, Cecil, for I don't know how many years now, when it comes to tax time, yeah. I do a P&L statement for our show. Yeah. So I just, I balance out all of our revenue and all of our expenses and I categorize those yeah. items and I create a balance sheet, which you have to do to give your accountant for tax time. Yeah. And the way that I've done that every single year until the point of realization that I had this year, which I can't wait to tell you about and you can laugh at me is I have literally printed PDF versions of all of our bank statements and credit card statements. Okay, dad. And then I sit with those papers Jesus and Christ. I manually enter Are you fucking into a kidding spreadsheet. Me? Are you kidding every me Every single right now? line item. No. Jesus That's how Christ. I've done it for you years. You know you can download a CSV, right? Well, Cecil, you beat me to the punchline. You <laughs> <laughs> didn't know? You I had no know? idea. Oh, Tom. I had to, because... I had no idea that you could just download your bank statements as Excel documents. You're like, oh, yeah, I did the spreadsheet. I'm thinking, yeah, all he did was just he downloaded it and then he just recategorized it. It gets worse. Oh, God. The way that I've done it in the past is... (laughs) Come on. This is so much work. Come on. I would would sit with a pen and paper and these printout PDFs. You're cursing them, by the way. Jesus. And then if there was like Grubhub and Grubhub and Grubhub and Grubhub... I would add them all up on a calculator off oh to my the side God. and then get the total and put it in as you're like, that month's meals. You're like fucking Sam Ace Rothstein from Casino with his fucking <laughs> giant glasses and his calculator and his racehorse statistics yes. over here, his printout racehorse statistics. You're Sam Ace Rothstein. That's who I you are. Ace. No idea. I didn't like... <laughs> The only way I found out, guys, this is the part that's, this is so funny. So the only way I even found out that you could get your bank statements and your credit card statements as CSV files. And I remember thinking, Cecil, this would be so much easier if I could just download this somewhere. (laughs) You never bothered to like, look. It's not, it's a little hidden. I will say on the bank, on the bank website, it's like when you go to statements, 
it just shows the statements that says view PDF or print PDF. Oh my God. It doesn't say anything about Excel or like open a CSV or any, it just gives you PDF options. You have to like go hunt for it. And the only you reason do. I knew to hunt for it, Cecil, is because you had suggested to me this year, he's like, you were like, why don't you just get QuickBooks? We'll do it through QuickBooks. And I was like, oh, that's a great idea. So I got QuickBooks. And then in order to get last year's stuff into QuickBooks, it was like, you have to import this file. And I'm like, how am I going to import a file? <laughs> so then I'm Googling, I'm Googling Cecil, how the fuck I'm supposed to get last year's bank oh, account God. information. And it's just like, hey, there was like, there was basically like a, a like a page that was like, <laughs> hey, dipshit, uh, you just navigate here, here, and here. And then you can download oh. all of your shit. So Cecil, for years, Oh my God. For all the years that I've done that PL statement, I have literally typed every entry. This, so this is the first year that I put it together this year. It's 564 line items. <laughs> <laughs> I have done that for how many years? So Sam Manual. Ace Rothstein, what's your top three pick on there? <laughs> 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 Who's gonna win place and show? That's out. That's outrageous, Tom. I oh my god, I, I know. So I teach people sometimes how to do uh, what they call digital storytelling, and it's a thing yep. where you record a, uh, an audio of yourself, and then you find images that, like, especially a very personal audio, and then you put something together that's sort of a visual of that, and very often that includes like personal photographs or images of things, etc. And so I teach people how to not only record themselves, how to, how to write a script, but then also how to use Premiere, which is an Adobe product. Mm -hmm. And one year I had a guy, he was in my class and he was in his, at the time, probably late fifties. And he, he's in my class with a bunch of other people and we're working. And he said, he calls me over and he said, you know, I just, I can't figure out how to get, you know, this file open over here in this window and I, I need to, I need to move it to my flash drive. And I said, sure. So I reached over, I clicked and I just dragged one file from one window <laughs> to the other window. And it right. was like, he saw like a fucking alien life form for the first time. He was blown. He was just, it was like, he was like, <laughs> it expanded his consciousness. That guy is the same level as you. I'm just yeah, saying. <laughs> yeah. No, you're not. You're not at all wrong. Because for years of doing this, for years in my back you of my mind is to, like. You learned how to drag a drop. That's what you did. Motherfucker. <laughs> why can't I just get this shit? Why can't this be Excel? easier? I wish I right. would have suggested like Quicken or, or QuickBooks years ago to you. I just oh, yeah, didn't, I, like, it didn't so occur funny to me. Because we, I did it on QuickBooks and then I didn't trust it. And I manually did it again. But even manually doing it again. Because I had this just all downloaded within Cecil, within minutes, I just had all this, all this stuff that I spent years just keying. Hours, hours. Just keying and keying and keying and keying all this shit. Well, it made me fucking insane. It made me fucking insane. Well, I am, I am glad that we figured out a way to it's automate. Super embarrassing. Automate the one thing you do for the show. So. <laughs> Yeah, for, for the future, I actually outsourced it to India. Yeah. So it's going to be... <laughs> so where are you from originally? How, uh, you just moved here, right? Yep, Delaware. Delaware. Our first state in the union. Yes, it is. 
That's great. No sales tax in Delaware, right? Yeah, there's not. That's weird. You know so much about Delaware. You fucking Joe Biden. He's from Delaware. I do that. <laughs> this story comes from MSNBC, um, and this actually comes from the Rachel Maddow blog. And I don't usually grab news stories that are like this this kind of editorializing, um, but there were some numbers in here that were just really easy to find from the story that I thought were really good. So, House Republican leaders have not, you know, they are they are opposed to the Biden budget plan, and they are opposed to the Biden budget plan for the very specific uh, reason that it is the Biden budget plan. Yes, that's exactly right. That is it. And when they have been asked many, many times, all right, what's your fucking plan? Yeah, yeah. They, uh, uh, whatever is not your plan appears to be the answer. There is literally no meaningful response from the Republican side on what their alternative plan is. What their plan is, is to be a bunch of cock-blocking dickheads and to grind this country to the fucking halt in order to not accomplish anything. What that their is their plan, plan. What their plan is, is to have their cake and eat it too, right? Well, what they want right. to do is they want to they say, well, we want to keep the Trump tax cuts, which favored the ultra wealthy in a major yes. way. Uh, we want to keep those tax cuts and we want to keep all these other programs. And- yeah. It's, it's just like when you're at home and you have your own budget, right? You have your own budget numbers and you get, uh, let's say you lost your, uh, your job or your spouse lost her job or his job and you say, okay, now we don't have as much money coming in, right? Because that's what tax cuts are, guys. Right. That's yep. not as much money coming in. So imagine somebody loses the their job. It goes down. Yep. Yeah, I'm going to talk. I'm going to talk about this in a real, real simple way, <laughs> even though no one can ever follow it. Imagine somebody in your household lost their job, and then you have to decide what you're going to keep paying for because your all your money, just like most of Americans, is already accounted for. And so you have to look forward and say, okay, well, now we've got to get rid of anything that's that's extra, anything that's not essential. And then suddenly you're cutting a bunch of stuff out of your budget that you think is non-essential. And basically what, what the Republicans have to do is look at the budget and say, okay, we have to cut non-essential things. The problem is, is that they would have to cut in order to keep two major programs and that's social security and the military whole, they would have to cut a hundred percent of everything else yep. to keep those yep. whole and keep the tax cuts. You can't have both. You have to pick one. It's like when you take your kid down the candy aisle, you can't have both. You have to pick one and they won't pick one. And then you just <laughs> leave them in the store forever and become child free. That's what you do. Oh, I, I wish I had known that part of the plan. I never <laughs> knew that part of the plan. Yeah, like they finally, they finally came out and they said, well, you know, what we want after, and it's not really a plan, it's just because they they didn't really elucidate or articulate a plan. What they said is we want, we want the budget that is proposed to be balanced within 10 years. And they, like the CBO, like came back and was like, that's not possible. You can't balance the budget within 10 years. If you did balance the budget within 10 years, if you allow the Trump tax cuts to sunset, you'd have to cut 86% of all federal spending. That'd be the only way. And, the, yeah. and then, well, we also want to keep the Trump tax cuts. And then the CBO is like, you would have to cut 100% of all federal spending in order to balance the budget in 10 years, keep the Trump tax cuts, and not cut into Social Security. Yeah. That's and the military. Like everything else. 
everything yeah. else would have to go. Yeah. And that is the Republican, and the Republican plan, first of all, that's not a plan. That's a wish, right? No. That's like, that's like a rubbing. That's like saying like, what's your plan for retirement? Well, I'm going to find a genie bottle. Yeah. You see, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to find a bottle uh, with, with a genie in it, obviously a magic genie. Uh, and then once I get the bigger dick and the six pack, then obviously the last <laughs> wish uh, is definitely going to be to balance my budget. I'm going to have more if money. If I got a six pack, my dick would appear bigger because it would push yeah, back know, right? and then it would look bigger. And I would be like, it's, all right, I don't need the second wish. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you very much. A two for one sale at the genie yeah. store today. I got a See, BOGO. That's why you got to That's why you got to make those wishes in the right order. Though. You got to do it right? in the if right order. If you make order. them in the wrong order. Got to do it in the right order. Yeah. yeah you could, and you, you got to wish for six problems. pack abdominals, not just a six pack or you get like a fucking six pack of natty light. And you're like, right? well, what you're the, like, you get some fucking the trickster genie always trying to trick you. who yep. fucks you. It's ridiculous. Stupid genies. <laughs> Here's the other thing too, though, Tom, and I want to remind people of this. I want to remind people of the Republican healthcare plan that never came to fruition because it never existed yep. in the years that Trump was in office. From oh, the, a like plan. Such a good plan. Day, I'm going to tell you the plan. Yep. It was like his second day in office. He's like, mm -hmm. yeah, I got a great plan. It's going to come out. And then four years later, there was nothing because they don't have any ideas. Yep. Their ideas no. are don't do that. No, no, yep. that's the yep. right. That's not an idea. That's yep. nothing. That's literally, you could be replaced by a fucking, by something, by literally by AI that just says no over. It's not even AI. It's a computer yep. program with like three lines of code. You could, you could, you could replace all of the Republicans in Congress with a magic eight ball where the little, little yeah. fucking thing in it has just been replaced yeah. with a thing that just says no, yeah. no matter how you turn it. Yeah, it's a coin that says, I don't think right. so. And no, that's it. Yeah, yeah right. that's what comes up. Heads I win, tails you lose. That's yeah. my coin. Yeah. They, they have no plan. They've never had a plan. And here's no. the thing. Now that they're in charge of the purse strings, they can't go back on all the terrible rhetoric that they've been talking about. The American people that are on their side are, they they don't know what they want because they don't understand it, right? I'm not trying to be dismissive of a whole slow, a slew of voters, but there's a bunch of these people who literally don't understand the simplest math of if it doesn't come in, you can't spend it. Like they just right. don't understand that. What they want is they, they want no government, but then the moment that they need government, they want as much government as possible. Look at what oh, happens yeah. during disasters. This is literally what happens. Every single disaster in a red state, they are begging for someone to come down and fix it. They want government. They only only want it when it fucking matters to them. It doesn't matter Absolutely. when it matters to everybody else. They can't think past their own fucking thick head. Yep. Yep. A thousand percent, man. So like, it's going to be exciting. I don't know mm. what the word is, Cecil. It won't be boring. If he's to not, see what if happens. he doesn't yield, then it's going to be, it's going to be madness because they're not going to yield either. And it's going to be a bunch of people trying to say, well, you know, I mean, it, eventually it's just going to, it's just going to have to go into default. I don't know what happens because at this I don't point, know these people yeah. are too stupid to know what to do. Yeah. And the thing is like, the demand is an insane demand. Like the demand is an impossible, the Republican yeah. demand of, we got to keep social security and Medicare because they all, they all, Biden got them all to clap for it. Remember? Yeah. Like Biden. Yeah. The, so now they are like, okay, well, we're not touching entitlement. Those, those major 
entitlement program. So that's that's off the table. Social Security and Medicare off the table. We're going to keep that. We want to keep the Trump tax cuts because we sucked his dick so hard. We fucking have the taste of his fucking cum in our mouth for the rest of our lives. So we can't really go back on that either. So we got to keep that. Okay. So, and then we want to balance the budget because uh, we've, we, it sounds like a thing you say. That's really yeah. the only reason. We uh, balance the budget. Why? I, it sounds like what you're supposed to say. Balanced budgets are good. So, okay, we want that. All right. So what do you have to do? Well, we have to cancel uh, literally all other federal spending, like no exception. Yeah. So no federal judges get paid. Like we're talking about a hundred percent of all federal spending. It would shut down. Congress wouldn't get paid. It's a hundred percent. The military, everything, everything yeah. goes away. Then they're just like, all right, well, okay. So Biden, I guess balls in your court. Yeah. Biden can't yield to that. What yeah. is, what is that? That's nothing. It's like, it's like a hostage demand where it's like, all right, I need you to send me a billion, trillion, gazillion golden coins. And you're like, that's not even a number. And I'm going to kill all the hostages. <laughs> right. I've already killed the hostages. Please send me an impossible number of gold bullion. And the, the counteroffer, I'm going to predict this right now. The counteroffer that comes back from the Republicans cuts away anything, literally anything that helps a human being outside of the few things that they think are okay. So oh, yeah. every, they're going to, and the thing is, is that they cut these tiny little programs, these tiny things that are mm -hmm. insignificant to the rest of the budget, these tiny little programs that really only help like, like for instance, like school lunches, right? If you cut that out of the budget, you wouldn't see anything from it. It wouldn't, it wouldn't it matter. Wouldn't, yeah. It wouldn't matter even in like probably one tenth of 1%, right? It wouldn't matter at all in the, in the grand scheme of the budget, but that'll be a thing they go after that type of thing, any type of, you know, any type of thing that they think that is in their, in their sites, they're going to go after it. So imagine, you know, of course they hate schools. So they're going to try to tear that mm -hmm. budget apart. Any kind of money that goes to, to schooling gets torn apart. They're going to do this throughout the entire of the entirety of the government. If they sit down even and look at it, I don't even think they have enough attention span to do that. You know, it's, it's a, like, it's amazing to me that we've come to this place in American political history, Cecil, where anybody is really anti-schools. I know, Like, the man. Republicans I know, weren't man. always anti-school. Like, how the fuck are we anti-school? How are we anti-education? It was fucking W was no child left behind. That was one of yeah. his big right? programs, right? right? Education has always been one of those things that maybe we disagreed around the edges on, but we didn't disagree that like it was a fundamentally good thing to have an educated populace. Right. We didn't disagree about that. But now we're getting to this place where we're saying like, well, it's not, it's really not government's business to educate kids. It's like, yeah, it fucking is. Like it's part of the goddamn social contract. The idea that like education, this like very basic core value that like any responsible person should embrace in their own society. It's that's a crazy fucking thing to like throw away because the result would be a less educated populace. Yeah. And a less educated populace is an inherently worse off populace. Like it's it's a it is a society that will not be able to take care of itself, that will not be able to compete in the world, that will not be able to like fund itself. Yeah. The idea that like we are at a place that has gotten this out of control is a little shocking. Yeah. It yeah, is a it little is. shocking. Yeah. It never used to be like this. No, man. It's very different. You're right. It's very different. And it is, 
and it and and it is seriously like it's it's like a movie. It's like that movie. I've never seen it, but I've heard about it at Idiocracy. It really is mm-hmm. like that movie. It really very much is like that movie. Yeah, man. Idi- and so I saw Idiocracy not that long ago, Cecil. First of all, it's actually worth watching. Um, it's I thought it was much better than I anticipated it being. But in a lot of ways, I thought about this not that long ago. Idiocracy is better than the world we're in now. It really is. Because it, in Idiocracy, at the end, they realize their own errors. And they realize that they have to have smarter people be in charge of them. <laughs> It ends where they actually solve a major problem. I like so it's I a fantasy, know. is what you're saying. It's a fantasy. Okay. It's a fucking fair. in in many ways, idiocracy is utopian by comparison to the fucking <laughs> well we're sliding down. We've got a vaccine for COVID now, but it's making some people have a cow. A crazy craze is gaining force that should be for a horse. I just want to say real quick before we start yep. this story, I'm super yeah, glad we're not on fucking YouTube because they would not be able to understand this next segment at all. That's and true. they would bounce us. They would yeah. give us a medical strike for it. But you're absolutely right because fucking YouTube kind of blows. Uh, from Vice, an ivermectin influencer died. Now his followers are worried about their own severe symptoms. You got to so read some of this. I think you got to read some of this, Tom. I, let me just read some of this. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Just before 7 a.m. on March 3rd, Danny Lemoy posted an update in his hugely popular pro-ivermectin telegram group called Dirty Road Discussions. Here's what he wrote. Happy Friday, all you poisonous horse-paste-eating survivors. Hours later, he was dead. Jesus Christ, are you kidding me? This motherfucker's been doing fucking horse-paste. We'll get to it in the story. I'm going to read the whole, probably the whole story. It's fucking yeah, it's incredible. Short. It's short. This guy's been fucking reading, doing horse-paste for years. So... Uh, for the last when you decade. do horse paste, when you do horse paste, do yeah. you have to sniff it off of a mare's ass? Is that how it works? <laughs> you don't have to, but I mean, why would you do it any other way? You gotta. Why yeah. would you do it any other way? You do it off a donkey's ass. You get kicked in the face. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I actually, I, I don't know if it was this story. There was there were two ivermectin stories that both were related this week, and I only put one of them in the notes for brevity. But and I so I don't remember if it's from this one or not, Cecil, but. One person who was like writing in on their little telegram group to ask questions, they've been injecting it as paste. They're fucking mainlining horse paste. Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> what the shit? That's a when you're when you look at a paste and you're like, that would probably be better in my veins. Do they have to what? melt it down like heroin with a spoon? Or whatever? <laughs> <laughs> and I guess maybe it doesn't go in their veins. Maybe they're not mainlining. Maybe it's like subcutaneous or like <laughs> intramuscular or whatever. I don't know, but it still is like, you know, what? Do you know how like horses have that hair? Yeah, instead, the mane? Of, instead of train spotting, it's mane spotting. Mane, <laughs> mane spotting. Anyway, okay. Uh, but I'm, but I'm, horse train or spot. It's not working. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. For the last decade, Lemoy had taken a daily dose of veterinary ivermectin, a dewormer designed to be used on large animals like horses and cows. In 2021, as ivermectin became a popular alternative COVID-19 treatment among anti-vaxxers, he launched what became one of the largest telegram channels dedicated to promoting the use of it, including instructions on how to administer ivermectin to children. 
Jesus but Christ. To, to, to kids, dude. God. To kids. Because you take them to the like, chiropractor so they could break their neck and then you just stuff their face in stuff them full of fucking horse paste. God damn. The things that people do to kids and then oh. you're just like, why can't we just take them? You didn't want them anyway. Like you you're clearly didn't this. want them anyway. Why not just shake the shit out of them when they're littler? No like, kidding. Like, why are you torturing them like this? It's out, It's outrageous when you hear the stories about what people do, how they fucking withhold medical care or fucking make up their own medical care. And you're just like, yeah, what man. are you doing, man? Yep. Yep. This story is fucking ever. Is it, so despite Lemoy's death, the administrators of his channel are pushing his misinformation, even as his followers share their own worrying side effects from taking ivermectin Jesus. and question the safety of the drug. Lemoy, a heavy equipment operator who lived in Foster, Rhode Island. Are you allowed to Cecil. operate? Are you allowed to operate heavy equipment under the under the influence of ivermectin? Which, like you like you get your horse pace and it just says, <laughs> do not operate heavy equipment. Just picturing like some cow behind a fucking bulldozer, like <laughs> meh, meh. He, what? he he has to pee in a cup every couple of weeks, and they're just like, we can't even tell what's in your system. What, yeah, There's this, clearly we, something in, but we don't know what it is. Do you have any what human drugs pee, are you sir? <laughs> do you have any human urine in you? <laughs> Who he whips fuck? out his cock and it's like the size of his arm because he's just got this fucking horse giant face. horse dog. He's got he's a like, horse well, cock. Yeah. Not all the side effects are bad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I actually feel great, but my yeah. wife won't let me stop taking this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I say I'm going to stop, she says, nay. <laughs> hey, I don't know what my job is, but I am a heavy equipment operator. You, you know are what now. I mean? <laughs> See, now this is why we're kicked off. This is why we'd be kicked off YouTube because they'd think that we're uh, we're honestly saying that ivermectin gives you a horse cock. Horse dick, right? <laughs> okay, but I am saying, just so we're clear, because we're not on YouTube, so I can say whatever I want. I am saying that I think that veterinarian ivermectin will probably give you a horse dick. <laughs> I do think that that probably Here's happens. what I think, Tom. I think it'll give you a horse heart <laughs> I think it'll give you a and, horse fucking voice and, while you croak out your last words. Thing. That ain't yeah. a good thing. A horse heart is not a good thing. Not a good thing. No. 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 It's fucking galloping all the time. <laughs> also, what just one other thing. Like, if somebody's giving you medical advice, and this is no shot at heavy equipment operators, right? Like, that's great. That's your job. But if somebody is giving you medical advice and they're just some jamoke, yep. that's not your guy. You that's might just well, not your fucking guy. You might as well get your fucking medical advice from a podcast then. If that's yes, the case, right? right? Don't get your medical advice. Here's a, here's a tip to everybody, right? To everybody out there. Don't get your medical advice from anybody but a medical professional that is currently in the industry working, period. That's it. That's who you should go to for you. Talk to your doctor. Have a doctor. Don't be like, I can cure everything by rubbing dirt on it and sniffing horse, horse glue or whatever. Like, that's not <laughs> how you, Don't do that. Go see a doctor. Like, we've like we've fucking went out of our way to, like, learn about the human body so we can help prevent problems. Like, figure it out. Just go see a doctor. And if you don't like that one, go find a new one. But just yeah. keep going to see a fucking right. doctor, man. Like, I get not every doctor is the same quality doctor, right? Like, so you may need to find somebody that like understands you and your needs and your, like, that's fine. But you know what? It's not a fucking heavy equipment operator on fucking Telegram. No, nope. it's not. That's not your guy. That's not. And the other thing it's not is Cecil. If anybody is proposing 
one medicine or treatment or modality and it solves and this it solves like everything ridiculous like laundry list yeah. if of it's fucking a maladies fuck you yeah. it's not There's, real yeah it exactly like oh you know what ivermectin will help with your uh, asthma and your autism nope. and your that shit you know, ain't real no it won't no, no it won't nope. nope absolutely not go fuck yourself forever yeah forever if you're tempted to poke around on fucking telegram or fucking Instagram, any of the grams. If it's yeah. a gram, if it's a of gram. any kind, <laughs> of any kind, yeah, you're in the wrong fucking place. Yep, yep. And and, right. and, to, and to piggyback off your comment, I don't care if they're a doctor of something else, right? A PhD in something, right? Let's say they have a PhD in fucking engineering. Doesn't matter. It literally yeah, doesn't man. matter how much schooling they have. I don't care how much they could have. Fucking six PhDs that aren't an MD. And eight Nobel Prize. Don't listen to them. Right. Don't listen to them. Yeah, man, Neil deGrasse, I would not let Neil deGrasse Tyson run my fucking medical care, right? Yeah. Not because he's not brilliant. He's fucking brilliant, but he doesn't know fuck all about medicine, right? Nothing. Like, that's not his fucking job. Yep. It's not his education. Nothing. Like, we do that thing where we're like, well, he's really fucking smart. And you're like, who cares? Yeah. Who fucking cares? That's not the qualification that you should be looking for. Right. Like, you should be looking for specificity yep. and experience. God damn, fucking ivermectin people. All right, so this fucking heavy equipment operator, he dies unexpectedly on March 3rd, according to an online obituary. He was survived by his parents and brother. The obituary gave no details about the cause of his death. Gave no details about the cause of his death. In the Telegram channel, administrators broke the news of his death to his followers. Quote, Though it was obvious that Danny had the biggest heart, it Jesus was unbeknownst Christ. to him that his heart was quite literally overworking and overgrowing beyond Jesus, its capacity. Jesus Nearly Christ. doubled in size from what it should have been. Oh the admins God. wrote, adding, we understand this is going to raise questions for those who are following him. And it's like, yeah, man, also maybe it wasn't. Because there was no cause of death listed in his obituary. Yeah. And like, how the fuck do you know? How the fuck yeah, does right, the yeah, administrator sure. of the Telegram yeah. know that he had a fucking heart like the fucking Grinch had just like saved Whoville, you know, <laughs> and it got like three sizes too big or whatever? How the fuck do we know? Yeah, you're just reading shit on Telegram. Yeah, that could also true. just you're not be true. Right. You're absolutely right. Like, you're absolutely that's right. That's the thing that makes me crazy. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. How'd he die? I don't know. I'll tell you what I do know from like having known people, Cecil, who have had autopsies to determine a cause of death, you don't get it back in a week or two. Yeah. An autopsy to determine a cause of death very frequently takes six, eight, 12 weeks. Because of the you toxicology the report probably, right? Because it takes well, a while yeah. to get that shit from the lab, just, et cetera. It's just not really a big priority unless there's like something to prioritize. Lots of people die. People are overworked. Your corpse goes in a queue, dude. And that's just sure. how it works. Like they'll fucking cool you down, freeze you up. Like, it's not like you see on TV where it's like died on Tuesday and someone's cutting the fucking chest open Tuesday night. And like by Wednesday morning, you've got your fucking path report. Like I've known several people who've died and like it's taken months to get a, a sure. autopsy report. Yeah. Months. Sure. So whatever. The fucking admins probably just made that up. The admins added that Lemoy had undergone testing on his heart last year, but the results had shown no cause for concern. Lemoy began taking the version of ivermectin designed for animals on a daily basis in 2012 after he was diagnosed with Lyme disease. According to a detailed account of his medical history, he gave on his own podcast. 
Again, he you have to then, believe. Again, you have to believe that though. Like, right? It's a, right. It's his own medical. So if he's trying to push ivermectin recently, he might not have been taking it since then. Who the fuck knows? Sure. Right. Exactly. Exactly. The, it's like we talked about in our. And if if you guys get a chance to listen to our last episode, which we did a deep dive, there's literally no reason to believe anecdotal personal stories you read online. Like yeah. you could like watch here. It, it, this is because it's this easy. I've actually been taking ivermectin for 15 years myself. Yeah. I take ivermectin horse paste and I use it as a fitness supplement. And it's part of uh, how I lost weight and, you know, have started to get much sure. more fit. I take ivermectin. I rub it in my eyes personally because yeah. I find it penetrates the mucous membrane of my eyes. And I do squirt a tube up my ass. The crazy morning. thing is, is that my horse, my, my teeth are the size of fucking chiclets now. They're like <laughs> horse teeth. It's amazing. Like, anybody can say anything. Yeah. Anybody can say anything. Yeah. No, I get it. Right. And it, like, here's the thing about this whole fucking deal. You were absolutely right about the panacea, but like, man, when did ivermectin shift into that fucking mode? This, I know. This, this, is, this is crazy person talk, right? And why on earth did it shift past hydroxychloroquine, which was the first COVID cure. Like, I don't yeah, get why it shifted past this. Why is this medicine, which is for a very specific thing, the thing that these people are latching onto? And is it because, you know, Trump said it one time? What is happening with our collective consciousness that this sort of thing grabs hold of people so deep that they will take it until they die, until they know, kill man. themselves? And then, yeah. Tom, you have to read some of the fucking side effects that some uh, yeah. of these people are having. Quote, Danny was fully convinced that his heart had regenerated after his incident with Lyme disease that almost ended in congestive heart failure, their admins wrote, before claiming that, quote, a family history of heart disease and chronic stress were why his heart had ultimately become engorged. All of his other organs were unremarkable, the admins wrote, and this was determined to be a death by unfortunate natural causes. The admins of Lemoy's channel did not respond to Vice News' questions about where they got any of their information about his death. <laughs> Lemoy's surviving family did not respond to Vice's news requests for comment on the cause of his death. So they're just like, I just fucking made it up. Yeah. So here's what people are saying. Other people who are following the fucking ivermectin protocol. I'm four months now and all hell's breaking loose. All pain has hit my waist down. All pain has hit my waist down with sciatic shin splints, restless leg syndrome, tight, sore calves, and it feels like some pain in my bones, a member wrote on Friday. Lemoy explained away those negative side effects of taking veterinary ivermectin by describing them as herxing, a real term used to describe an adverse response that occurs in people who take antibiotics as a treatment for Lyme disease. Here's what another member wrote. My wife has been taking ivermectin for three months. She's being treated for autoimmune hepatitis, thyroid, and vertebra issues. She's had some serious herxing. Today, she has a migraine, vomiting, and severe stomach pain. Does anyone have any ideas on how to help? Are these don't, herxing symptoms? Don't ask a fucking Telegram channel that question. What is wrong with you? This is the person you love. Why would you turn to Telegram to be like, hey, I'd like to crowdsource this information. This isn't fucking who wants to be a millionaire. You're not phoning a friend. Get a doctor, man. <laughs> what the fuck it's, is happening? It's, oh, you know what? I got to go to that Instagram channel that is run by a heavy equipment operator. Jesus who take horse paste. What That's the fuck, my guy. man? That's what's where I'll find my answers. We're just crowdsourcing it. Like, I mean, like there's yeah, a bunch of yahoos in this channel that are going to tell you something and you're like, it's fucking worthless. You might as well ask your cat. You know, and you know <laughs> there is, and it's interesting, Cecil, because there is a crowdsourcing methodology for getting diagnoses of complicated stuff that crowdsources only to doctors. 
Huh. Haley and I actually used it. It's actually really interesting. You can okay. pay money and you can go online and you can put in the problem that you're having and then it will actually crowdsource your issues only to other medical professionals because sometimes multiple minds sure. are better than one, right? Absolutely. But I won't disagree. Not multiple random minds, which is your point, right? Not like, well, let's ask like the fucking secretary of the PTA and the heavy equipment operator and Tom, the podcast guy and Joe, the real estate agent. Like, what are they like? Never. They don't know. They don't know. They yeah. don't know. Even if they have limited personal experience that anecdotally connects to yours, that is, that is nothing more than to be said. Like, that has no more value than to say like, all right, I found that interesting. Now I need to go talk to an actual doctor about it. Yeah. Like it can be step one to talk to family and friends and fa and like be like, oh, my mom also has a history of these issues. And when they came up for her, the doctor said it was X and I have these issues and I'm going to talk to my doctor about it. But if you skip that second half, where yeah. you go talk to the doctor, yeah, you're just making shit up. It's this useless. is how you end up with a fucking ass full of horse paste. It's literally a useless information. And this isn't just for medical information, right? Like, so imagine you had a room full of these people, these exact same people that were on signal, right? Take them all, put them in a room, and then turn to them and be like, what do you guys think Foucault meant when he was talking about birth of the clinic? What yeah, do you right. think? You know, like, what's going to happen? Do you yes. think that they're going to have a smart, intelligent answer for something they have no fucking idea about, right? Yep. I read that book and I have no idea about <laughs> it. So, like, what do you think they're going to elucidate to you? Just think for two seconds, man. These are just random people. And it literally, it could be a random smattering of people with a range of IQs and a range of, 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 of professions and a range of everything, ethnicities, et cetera. It doesn't matter. But it does doesn't mean that they're going to have an answer for you if they don't have a very specific skill set of knowledge. That's yeah, what man. they need. That's the only fucking qualification that you need to answer that question. And if nobody in that room has it, you might as well talk to the wall. It's literally useless information. I cannot believe we live in a time where people have access to medical care that is life-saving across, uh, like in many places, I'm not saying across the globe, because I know there's places in the world where you don't get it. But there's a lot of countries in the world that have amazing medical care and we throw it away. Like, would you crowdsource a broken arm? Would you crowdsource yeah, that? You wouldn't do it. You would go to the ER. They only do it for certain things. Yeah, well, you know, do you remember the show Car Talk? Yeah. Like, people would call in and they'd be like, all right, you know, I got a fucking... 83 GMC Sierra. And when I put it in park, it goes, kertunk, 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 punk. And they'd be like, laugh, herk, burp, derp. But they were dudes that knew cars. They were mechanics. Yeah. Like they'd spent years. It wasn't like car talk was not a show where you called and said, my GMC Sierra from 1983 goes, kerk, And it's like some fucking realtor on the other end of the phone. And they're just like, well, uh, I want to like a car. Right. Yeah. We don't ask random people to opine on other important issues. When I want to do my taxes, I get a fucking CPA. Yeah. Right. I don't go to fucking Burger King and be like, Hey man, do you guys know how to do my taxes? Cause yeah. they would be like, no man, we make fucking whoppers. It says home of the whopper. It does not say anything about your fucking taxes. And like, even if I'm like, well, I can have it my way. And my way would be, you did my taxes. You did my taxes That's not too. how it works. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck, the fuck. Like I, I bet have, you, like my I, fucking whole body hurts. Admittedly, Tom, 
somebody at Burger King probably knew that the CSV was downloadable. <laughs> <laughs> I was there when you punched me. In a weird way, it might have been homophobic not to punch you just because you were gay. Right. So Cecil, this story comes from Salon, and it, the headline grabbed my attention. Um, I don't I don't typically do Salon commentaries, um, but the headline did grab my attention. Quote, I need a woman who looks like she got punched, end quote. Republicans become more openly pro-abuse. I need a woman who looks like she got punched, so saith a recent hire by Representative Matt Gates. Andrew Kloster, as Roger uh, Solinger of the Daily Beast reported, this self-proclaimed raging, self-proclaimed raging misogynist is hardly some random troll the freshly, famously provocative Gates picked up off of Twitter. Kloster denounced sexual consent as a pernicious fetish and argued that, quote, Natalie Portman should have stayed 11 years old. Kloster is also a member of the Federalist Society the GOP pipeline for their far-right federal court judges. He worked for the Donald Trump administration and was once a clerk at the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals. He's worked with religious right groups like the Heritage Foundation while also tweeting, quote, if you don't defend child pornographers, then we are only one step away from Nazism. What? This is, this is a dude who is not just, he's, this is not like uh, some fucking shit-posting fucking shitlord troll. This is a guy who's got a, a bigger, better, more important, more influential job than you and I have, Cecil. Yeah. This is a guy with power. Mm -hmm. And this is the kind of power, this is the kind of shit that a guy with this kind of power is, is doing with it right now. What does he even mean by that headline? I don't even understand what that means. Do you know what I that don't know. means? I have no idea. It's not. It's a it's quote. Not, it's he, a quote. He said that out loud. I, 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 it's not fully contextualized in this article, so I don't know. But like the headline grabbed me, and I did think about that, Cecil, because I don't know what it's from. But like, that's never something to say. Like this is supposed to be, like I said, this is supposed to be somebody who's a serious guy. This is not somebody with like a shock jock talk show. This isn't somebody who's just like trolling for lols. This is a guy who was clerking for the fucking Seventh Circuit Court. This is a guy who sits on the Federalist Society. This is a guy who will help shape policy if he gets an opportunity. This is a guy who will be taken seriously by the entire right wing. And this is a guy who's talking about like some of the most like horrifyingly misogynist and vitriolic shit I've ever heard because I think we've gotten to a point and Roe the overturning of Roe has made this I possible. I think you're right. Where we've gotten to a point where now we can all say it out loud. Yep. You and can Trump attack did this women with racism. Okay. Yep. Yep. And now misogyny, which is something that for a long time, I think, was being frowned upon, at least in the open, right? The same yeah. way that racism was not really, in polite circles, racism was not, like, allowable. It still was certainly very much institutionalized. Sure. I'm not saying it wasn't. And the same is true of misogyny. But we we were trying to, I think socially, we were pushing that shit to the margins and to the fringe. Yeah. And now it's becoming mainstreamed again. And it's yeah. becoming mainstreamed in these really like out and open and aggressive ways where we're just coming out and saying like, yeah, women should just look like they've been punched. We should get rid of the age of consent. Consent itself is a pernicious fantasy or pernicious fetish. 
What the know, fuck? Now I think I think you're right too because I think what happens is is that is that when it is in the mainstream that this is not an acceptable way to treat people, right? When it is in the mainstream that you're sh you're showing that racism is small-minded, petty, stupid, and useless, yep. and not something that a normal, regular, well-adjusted person should be doing, it changes our public opinion in a big way and makes it so it has to find its home on the fringes. It can't last and can't stay in the light. So it has to retreat. It has to retreat mm -hmm. because it's rejected, right? You know, you you go into a, into a place where, you know, once in a while where someone will say something racist and the more that it's 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 pushed out of the open, the less even in in private situations it becomes acceptable. And right. so it becomes more it becomes less and less acceptable, but once you start opening up these gates and you start taking rights away from people, specifically talking about, you know, with Roe you start taking whites rights away from women suddenly become less than and it's very easy for these people who clearly hate women to continue and bring that drag that right out into the mainstream and make it so that women hating you know what i mean like you're going back to the 50s like you're going yeah, back man. to before the before times like and granted the 50s is not that long ago but still it's a very long time ago from now it's 80 years ago so it's like or 70 years ago. I don't know. I, I don't do math very well. I'm like an American. Um, but in any case, I'm, you know, fucking, you, you're, you're looking at a 70 years ago thing and it's, it's, it's within human lifespan away, but at the same time, it feels like a long time ago. When you talk about, you know, the simple, terrible comedy of just making fun of a woman because she's a woman, like it's, it's shockingly, shockingly unfunny, but look at all the people now that are on the right, that that's their fucking joke that's now. That's yep. their joke. That's, that's what they think is funny. I mean, I saw, who did I see? That was that fucking Andrew Tate was arguing with a guy on Twitch by the name of Hassan. And I watched this video where Hassan came on, was just like, like, cause, cause Tate was talking. He was like, I, I, I'm, uh, women are worse drivers. And, uh, I don't know if you have ever been in a, in a car with a woman, you know, that she's the worst driver. And he's like, well, that's just factually not true. And here's my data to back that up. It's factually not true that women right. are worse drivers. Here's why it's not true. And then he started like listing off like insurance data for the, you know, women is lower cost than it is for men. You know, like there's like a bunch of reasons, like they, they get into less accidents. They do this. It's like, blah, 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 blah. And his, and and all Tate could do was offer anecdotes, right? Well, right. Uh, every time I get into a car, I drive. And so that's, if I drive more, then there's a better chance of me getting to an accident. He's like, but that's not, he's like, just because you said it doesn't mean it's true for everybody. <laughs> and there's just right. like this fight. But the thing is, is like Andrew Tate has a huge following of people yep. who follow mm -hmm. him and listen to him and think that's funny, right? They think that's hilarious. Like, ha, 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 here's the thing that he said. And so like, like this is a common thing that's happening now. And this is this that's only part of this article. There's a ton of other stuff that they talk about in this article, you know, specifically talking about abortion. And they're talking yeah. about how in certain states they're they're starting to look at it like we are going to uh basically charge people with murder if they're involved in an abortion. Yeah, and like one thing that that occurred, like two things that occurred to me is like when when the misogynists get a win, just like when the racists get a win, right? It emboldens them. Sure. It teaches them that like, and, and make no mistake, the repeal of Roe 
the, the overturning, I shouldn't say repeal, the overturning of Roe by the radical right Supreme Court is absolutely a win for misogynists. It is a, and yeah. so they see this and they think they're emboldened by that yeah. win because they're looking and they're saying, okay, now I know that the institutions of power grant me access yes. and authority to spread my message with impunity, that my message, that there will be corners of the world where my message is not only welcome, but will be amplified and well-received by the halls of power. And so when you give misogynists and racists, when you give them a win, you create more space for them. You blow air into that fire. Every time you give them a win, you blow air. And so there's no, it's not like they're gonna be content to just strip women of this one right, we have, by stripping women of any rights, we are dehumanizing them. And so once you've dehumanized somebody a little bit, like I really think that like for most people to be, and I think about thinking about these words, like to be, to be human or to be not human, to be human or to be dehumanized, it's a binary thing. You can't strip somebody a little bit of their humanity. You strip somebody of their humanity a little bit and you strip them completely of their yeah. humanity. Yeah. You rem and so when you dehumanize somebody a little bit, you've created a binary situation where now I don't have to think of you as human. I get to think of you as something other than fully human. And as soon as I can think of you in one way as less than fully human, that allows me to think of you in any other way that I want as less than fully human. It's like, I know that sounds like slippery slope, but sometimes slippery slope isn't a fallacy. Sometimes it's a strategy. Yeah. And in this case, it is absolutely a strategy of misogynists to oppress women. To your point about like Andrew Tate, it occurs to me that like one of the things that's happening, I think, socially is there is a conflation of that which is designed to be funny being conflated with what's true. So guys like Andrew Tate, they're trying to say things that are funny. And the audience that listens, if it was funny and if they laugh, that makes it feel more true. And so the message is sort of like a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down, sure. right? Yeah. Like it's this bitter, bitter, bitter fucking medicine of racism and misogyny and all this horrible shit. But it's like, we'll sprinkle a little bit of this humor. Now, I don't think it's funny, but obviously other people do, right? They'll sprinkle a little bit of humor across the top of that, and it helps that fucking bitter medicine go down, and soon we are poisoning ourselves, and we're doing it fucking laughing, dude. We are poisoning ourselves with a smile right now with, like, the Andrew Tate troll shit. We are, we are, we are watching our world get worse, like, by the hour with this poisonous fucking messaging, and... And then all of that, again, like it cycles back into the halls of power. In South Carolina, they introduced a bill and the introduction of that bill would redefine a person legally, would redefine a person as any, any, any fertilized egg, basically. Yeah. The moment of conception, any fertilized egg. And so an abortion would then be, by every statutory definition, murder. Yeah. And in South Carolina a murder of a person under the age of 11 is eligible for the death penalty. Yeah. And it's a very intentional, when they redefine these words, they redefine these terms, they do that in order to create space to yeah. put women in jail. Yep. That's what they want, right? 
They, they do that to create space and to create institutions and halls of power that allow men to put, because I want to say it's like they allows men to put women in jail. It allows men to put women in prison for their fucking health care. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. How are we here? It's, it, there's an interesting schism that's happening around abortion. Because when you look at abortion uh, publicly, when you look at the public approval of abortion care, yeah. and then you start hearing these stories of these women who they can't get an abortion in some of these states where their, their fetus is dead or it will live like a second before it dies. And normally that wouldn't, that wouldn't be, no one in the world would think that's a bad, that's an abortion. That's like an evil, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I don't know how to phrase right. this in a way that yeah. doesn't sound like an asshole, but like, but I know what you know, you're saying. Like, but yeah. they would, they would, there's a, there's a group of people, a group of people who hate all abortions, but even they would go, you know what? I in this case, uh, that, that is not an abortion. That that child's right. dead, like or that child some kind is of like compassionate you know, exception. Yeah, exactly right. So there's a, there's a, there's even even to like rabid anti-abortion people. There's still some leeway. Now I'm saying there are some that 100% agree with this rule, and they happen to be some of these people happen to be in government, and they've passed these very rigid rules, and now women are feeling the brunt of some of this stuff. But these are constituents to people in red states and they start getting complaints and they start hearing about it. We saw the change of heart of that one guy. It wasn't really a change of heart. It was him just saying something and then he never actually changed his heart. Um, he wound up fucking like being absent for a vote or something. I don't know if you remember right. this, but there was a guy from yeah. one of mm -hmm. these local areas that was like, talking, a, a, uh, oh my gosh, I, I finally realized after a second, yeah. uh, after after being actually hearing stuff that, that women suffer under this law and now I'm very sad that I voted for it, but he never actually did anything to change that. It was just a big... Like he just said that in a There's speech. There's a bunch of fucking crocodile tears because yeah. the moment didn't he had an opportunity he didn't, to vote didn't again, he didn't do anything he about it. He just said vote. something, yeah. <clears throat> mm -hmm. But in any case, um, you know, you see this, you see this schism start to open up because there are people in government in these different places that are starting to push back because they're 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 starting to create not just one law that's like okay well you know we're we're you know Roe versus Wade was a little lax we're going to come down on the weeks or whatever no they're like no it's not allowed and even if you're sick and you're bleeding out it doesn't matter we're not going to give you that kind of care and in right. fact now we're going to go after the day after pill which is used for other things we're going to take that away from you and we're going to go after this uh, other you know what I mean so they're just going to start going after all these other things and it's starting to create this little schism now it's a small party but they're going to realize, I think, as they start seeing poll numbers come back, because we've seen it on the ballot in different places, that the Republicans are wrong about the popularity of this particular legislation. They are wrong about it. Most Americans want this kind of care. In every place you put it, it doesn't matter. It could be the reddest yep. red state. They still want this kind of care. And they're going to, they, this is their one thing that they're, that I think some of the smarter Republicans are realizing this is a loser for us. We're going to lose. We appeased a small group and we're going to lose because of this. You know, I hope you're right. I have this weird fear that I don't know how to like, I don't know where it comes from and it may be, just be nothing, but I have this weird fear that like the right has for so long traded on a, like a language and a platform of anti-abortion that even though people, even though the numbers say that mo more people, overwhelmingly more people want some 
amount of access to, to this kind of care, right? Even though that is, that you're at, part of me thinks that that narrative though, that like language, that like fiery speech is still weirdly appealing even to the people who, it's almost like the content and the form of this speech in some ways feel like different to me. I can, I can honestly see people who don't want to see, you know, women actually go to jail, still vote for these guys because like they have for so many years in their churches and in other parts of the sort of national rhetoric, they have been a part of this sort of like speech bubble, this speech silo. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's like, it's so embedded at some point into the sort of like culture of the right that, that I wonder how it will play. I hope that it will absolutely play out that all these fucking radicalists end up getting fucking out on their ass and that the Republicans figure out this is a losing fucking strategy and they walk away from it and that the blue, the Democrats pick this up as their own wedge issue and say, yeah. look, look at what they've done. They had a moment of, they had a one moment. We let these guys, one moment. We let them have the Supreme court and look what they've done with it. Yeah. Yeah. I think too, you know, when I first heard this law, I wondered if it was one of those troll laws where you put something in place because you brought it to the logical conclusion. Because I feel like if you bring this to the logical conclusion of what they want, you're talking about, you know, it's it's literally a nothing right after conception. It's you couldn't, mm -hmm. you wouldn't be able to find it. It's it's a yeah. nothing. It's a pencil tip. It's the tiniest thing. You wouldn't know whether it's, it's not alive visible or not. To the human eye. It's yeah. you wouldn't know. And so you're at this point where you're like, okay, you know, you have. You, you didn't think about this. You didn't think about this in the sense, we're going to bring this to the most ridiculous level and then maybe you'll think about it. Maybe that'll wake you up. Maybe that'll be like, oh, you know what? Well, maybe we do need that, yeah. a sort of row-like system where you know there's protections at a certain point, but underneath this point, it's really not a thing and, and we should just be okay with it underneath like a certain amount of weeks. We should be okay with it, which is what Roe was. You know, it was like, there's protections at a certain point. You can make laws at a certain point, but underneath really, we shouldn't be like fucking with that too much. They, sh you know, I think that, I think that a lot of Americans, even though they were complaining, were fine with Roe v. Wade and how it set that and how it was the precedent in the land. And I think bringing it to that logical conclusion was going to be something that would wake people up, not get like 23 people to sign on and co-sponsor it. I know, man. And some of them, some of them, when they were pressed on it, to be fair, they backed away from co-sponsoring the bills. There were some people that there were like- some. That's what I'm saying. There's uh, a little schism yeah, that's, that's walk, opening yeah. up. But it's not, it's not all of them. Yeah, no. You know, it's not all of them. And like we, I, I would not be shocked. I really wouldn't be if there were states in this country- that, that went to a place where getting an abortion where a, where, where, a, where a legitimately like criminally prosecutable act of murder. And like you are talking about like on day one, you are talking about something that is a tenth of a millimeter. Yeah. A tenth of a millimeter. That's fucking absurd. You're going to kill with a death penalty. You're going to kill a living, breathing, fully actualized woman over something that is a tenth of a millimeter 
in diameter. That is an absurdity that yeah. like, but, but there are, there are people who, again, just like our last thing, like there are people who are sort of like, quote unquote, very serious people, important people, people with power and authority. That's why they're very serious. That are like, yeah, hundred percent. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's scare the fuck out of women. Yeah. Let's punch keep them. Them, like punch them, punch them. Just fucking punch them. look like they've been punched. Yeah, Florida man. So, Florida man, are we ever going to see a headline that's good that has the phrase, a Florida man? This story comes from CBS News. Ukraine invites Ron DeSantis to visit after Florida governor calls war a territorial dispute. Wow. There's an understatement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, sure. Yeah, I mean, it's technically not, not it a is. territorial dispute. Technically, right? it is. He's right. It is a territorial dispute. It just happens to be, you know, you have a territorial dispute when someone invades your country. That's what happens. I mean, like, yeah. aren't all wars of conquest territorial disputes? Like when, yeah. when Germany invaded Poland, that was a territorial dispute, right? Poland sure. was like, I am disputing your invasion of me. And Germany was like, and I am disputing that you're not Germany now. Like <laughs> that's a territorial dispute. Yeah. yeah. Like what, what, what are you fucking? And, and this is important because all indications are that DeSantis is, and he hasn't announced officially, yeah, but he's he touring Iowa. Yeah. He's bouncing yeah. around. He is going to run. Like yeah. DeSantis is absolutely going to run in 2024 um, for, he's going to, he's going to primary Donald, right? That yeah. is absolutely going to happen. Um, so far, the only primary challenger that's announced is Nikki Haley. But DeSantis is giving every education that um, that that he is going to run. He's going to primary Donald. So he's potentially very powerful, like way more powerful than even just being the governor sure. of Florida. And he's looking at the situation in Ukraine and being like, this is really just like a little real estate squabble. He has to do it because... Here's why he has to do it. Even though other Republicans rebuked him for saying this, right? Lindsey Graham, a couple others were like, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. You're saying some dumb shit. Even though that's the case, the people that will vote for Donald Trump, he needs to get those people. He needs mm -hmm. to excite those yeah, people. You're right. And Donald Trump has said some dumb shit for a long time. Or, you know, in some ways... Maybe he just knows where his fucking bread is buttered, right? I don't know. I don't know about Donald. I don't know exactly how he got his, his wealth or how connected he is to Russian oligarchs. But I will say that he certainly has been, since he's talked and opened his mouth in the last several years, very pro-Russia. And so the fact is, is that Donald has to say certain things and the people who follow him eat up literally everything he says. Yeah. Yeah, and so you have to follow his yeah. crazy. You have to take his crazy and embrace mm -hmm. his crazy or else the people who follow him will not choose you. And so he has to embrace all the crazy Donald Trump has done over the past four years. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. I think throughout history, we've seen Donald Trump is a fucking gigantic liar and he's done crazy self-interested stuff. So you have, what you have to do is embrace a bunch of self-interested stuff that Trump did as yeah. if it were official policy. I don't know how that works. Yeah, I I don't know if there is something about being a right-wing populist asshole that also makes you a stooge of Putin. I don't know. Like Maybe, yeah. But, but it seems like they all are. It seems like all of them are absolutely fucking Putin stooges like there. It's just like, there's like Tucker Carlson yeah. is absolutely a right-wing populist asshole. 
Governor DeSantis is a right-wing populist asshole. Trump, and like, and they're all, all these guys, all of these guys are like absolutely fucking Russian apologists. Yeah. They're Russian apologists in a war that really couldn't be much more morally clear. Sure. Like there are very few times where like these sort of like political territorial disputes, let's call them. I don't know, for lack of a better term. These territorial disputes where they are more like clear cut that like, yeah, Russia should not have invaded a sovereign nation. They should not have invaded and yeah. should not be like fucking firing hypersonic missiles at civilian targets. Like that's yeah, fucking, this is like pretty fucking clear moral territory. Yeah. And because it's so clear, it is all the more striking when these fucking populist dickheads end up on the wrong side of history on it. That's such a weird space, man. We've talked about before. It's insane that the right that worshipped Ronald Reagan for how many years? And yeah, Ronald man. Reagan was the guy who led America. He was the fucking Cold War hero of American history. That's, that's a huge part of why the right loved him, right? Is that Ronald Reagan, in their minds, helped America win the Cold War against Russia. And now the right wing of the same party is like pro-Russia. And I'm like, your fucking, your wrinkly ass fucking hero would be turning over in his fucking grave right now. This is crazy talk. I think that they would, I, the, the, I think the they Republican would make Party a, is unrecognizable. I think they would make a distinction between the uh, USSR and Russia though. I think their, yeah, their they argument, probably would, but their geez. argument would be, well, it's not the same country. Now it's a country that agrees with us or whatever, essentially, is what they would say. They would they would make something up, even though we we shouldn't be allowing any country to invade another country, right? You shouldn't right. just be like, hey man, that's okay to do. Like that's not how this works. I mean, even though we've done it a bunch of times, like a bunch yeah, we were of wrong times. When we did it. Of course, we were, we were terribly 100 wrong. When we did wrong. It. We were terribly yeah. wrong when we did it. I mean, not according yeah. to Hitchens, but according to other people, we were not wrong. Yeah, right. <laughs> I just think that there's another schism, though, in the party. This is another yeah. one of those things because there's clearly people in the Republican Party that are pro-Ukraine. And so those people now have to fight because the only reason you would be anti-Ukraine is if you're a Trump supporter, right? That's the only reason. And they have to court that that crowd in order to handle this. And so like there's a weird schism here. Yeah. And this, you know, the same thing goes for for other things where there's starting to be these schisms in the Republican Party. It's weird because we haven't seen that before. Like, for all my adult life, the Republican Party has been a monolith. They have made their yeah. decisions together and they have stuck to those decisions. Terrible as they are, they've made those decisions and mm -hmm. stuck with those decisions. And now we're starting to see cracks where different portions of the party are fighting with each other over big issues. And I think, you know, this is, that's heartening to me is that, uh, you know, make, amplify those voices, make sure the loudest voices in this are the people who are anti and pro Ukraine, but they're Republican voices. Make those the loudest voices yeah. to, to drive that wedge as hard as you can drive that wedge, split Trump off. You know, I had Eli on the show a couple weeks ago and he had a really interesting point. He brought up the fact that Donald Trump, if he leaves office, if he doesn't win this particular primary, he's the perfect candidate to run third party. Now, we did get some mail that said, 
if you lose the primary as a Republican in some states, they won't even let you on the ballot. You can't get on the ballot if you, you can't lose run the third primary. party. You, you can't run third party if you lose a primary. So if you huh. primary for them, so that would mean that he would hear that ahead of time and he would just say, if he doesn't look like he's going to win, he would yeah, just, just say, jump yeah. third party. He would just right. say, fine, I won't run then. I will be third party. And so I think, you know, there'll be some of that 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 has to be made clear. I don't know which states and how many states, but I did get a message from someone who said in one state for sure, they can't do that. And so, you know, so, so but, but a really interesting point is that Trump is the kind of guy and the perfect candidate, a guy who was fine with the government being overthrown to run third party. And running third party is an absolute nail in the coffin for anybody who runs Republican. Anybody, it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah. Nail in the coffin. And I, I and I don't disagree with that. I think that we very I think I think it's like not only possible, but bordering on likely yeah. that we will see the formation of a MAGA party. And then that will split Congress, right? Because certain idiots in Congress will leave the Republican Party yeah. and they will join the MAGA Party. I, I read something that was so fucking weird because I couldn't disagree with it and I hated myself for not being able to disagree with it. But like Mitch McConnell last week fell down and like bumped his head. Yeah. And he got a concussion. And at first I was like, and then he woke good. up and he's I like, I like Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> but I read something that said like that motherfucker's 81 and we should be scared of a world without Mitch McConnell in it because Mitch McConnell in many ways is still one of the most important figures in politics, still one of the most important and clever figures in the Republican party. And as evil and he is, as evil as Mitch McConnell is, he is still better than the troll party that is yeah. waiting behind him. And if you strip away this sort of like, and I don't even believe I'm going to say this, if you strip away the civilizing force of Mitch McConnell, what you're left with is a, it's fucking monkeys with wings, dude. It's fucking winged monkeys. Who is and it? And that's the entire, Who is and it? those people are in charge. Yeah. It's Who chaos. Is it? Who picks it's him? Because I can't think of anybody on the other side that I'm like, yeah, it's that guy. I'm like, no, none of them come to, to keep mind. Those guys in check. Yeah, there's nobody to keep the most radical members of the party. I mean, look at Kevin McCarthy check. is falling apart at that job because he doesn't, he can't control that group that that yeah. really just hamstrings him. And there's too many of them, and he's got to yep. appease all the things they want. And so yeah. he's, he's, he has to deal and, and it's a fucking mess because of those yep. people. Guys, got, got, that fucking, McCarthy's got no power. If Mitch McConnell goes and God. he will go, he's 81. Yeah. yeah. Like what is right behind him? I don't know, man. Scarier. That's Yikes. scarier. How are we in a world where I'm like, man, I kind of hope Mitch McConnell doesn't bump his head again. Yeah. I was like initially so happy when he bumped his head. I was like, <laughs> great news. I hope it hurts all the time. <laughs> I hope he has those like cluster fucking headaches. Yeah, like I never go headache. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> like I just do because I hate him. I think he's done irreparable damage irreparable to people damage. in this country. Irreparable I, damage. I, I, You're and absolutely I right. truly do. Like we would not have the Supreme Court we have. Women would still have rights. You're if right. If we didn't have Mitch McConnell. You're right. So like I, I do genuinely wish him nothing but the worst. He's a monster of a human being. And as much as I do truly believe that in my heart, I'm also like, holy shit, right behind him, it's worse. Hang on, man. <laughs> I know. What a cry. I'm sorry to leave the show like that, but it's like, uh, holy fuck, I don't think that's a wrong take. 
So we'd like to thank our patrons. Of course, we'd like to thank all our patrons. Let's thank our newest patrons. And the newest patron is N. Packard, the belly king, arch nemesis of Johnny Butt Cheeks. But the people who up their pledges are Alex, <laughs> Vincent, Chris, the Hey Elliot podcast, Leftover Hamsters, Heath's gay Canadian fiance, Vern, Simon, Michelle, Lacey, Jonathan, Bowl of Pisswater, Purple Hippo, Kyle, Vincent, Derek, JW, Christopher, Ian, and Allie, Alfred in, in South Carolina, Doom, Richard, and Vivian. Thank you so much for your generous donations. Now, thank you, um, guys. This upcoming week, this Thursday, we will be releasing to patrons only our funny show. It's going to be coming to your uh, podcast players. If you have the patron RSS feed, you can listen on the Patreon app. Uh, go If you're not a patron, you can get access to that. All you have to do is go to patreon.com. Uh, slash dissonance pod or dissonance pod dissonance pod.com and uh and you can find how to become a patron on a per episode basis we love our patrons you guys are the reason why we can pay our accountant at the end of the year so thank you <laughs> thank you so much you're the reason tom can get a downloaded SS, uh, csv of God our accounts <laughs> to, to show people how little money we have so thank you very much no seriously we really do appreciate, really appreciate you guys pay you guys. two salaries you guys are 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 the reason why we do this and we want to thank everybody so much for being patrons uh we uh, so like I said, this upcoming week is the Thursday patron only funny show. So tune in patrons. Uh, we're going to be recording it here in about 20 minutes. So, uh, so <laughs> <laughs> same outfits for that. So, uh, so we're super excited, but tune in for that. And then the first week of the month, again, for everyone, a funny show on Thursday. Uh, we're super excited about this particular system that we have going on until further notice, no YouTube. Um, we're still staying off YouTube for a while. Um, I hear that they eventually you regenerate your strikes. So your strike goes away after a certain point. So we may go back after our strike goes away, but we're, we're not a hundred percent sure that's risking, possible. Yeah. And we're not risking our channel over, uh, over our podcast, which feasibly could be very easy to, uh, to, uh, to find anything wrong with because they take everything out of context. All right, so uh, so that's going to wrap it up for this week. We're going to leave you like we always do with Skeptic's Creed. Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter, mommy issue, hypno Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician, double bubble, toil and trouble, pseudo quasi alternative, acupunctuating, pressurized, stereogram, pyramidal, free energy, healing, water, downward spiral, brain dead pan, sales pitch, late night info docutainment. Leo Pisces, cancer cures, detox, reflex, foot massage, death in towers, tarot cars, psychic healing, crystal balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, aliens, churches, mosques, and synagogues, temples, dragons, giant worms, Atlantis, dolphins, truthers, birthers, witches, wizards, vaccine nuts, shaman healers, evangelists, conspiracy, doublespeak, stigmata, nonsense. Expose your signs. Thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. Doubt even this. The opinions and information provided on this podcast are intended for entertainment purposes only. All opinions are solely that of Glory Hole Studios, LLC. 
cognitive dissonance makes no representations as to accuracy, completeness, currentness, suitability, or validity of any information and will not be liable for any errors, damages, or butthurt arising from consumption. All information is provided on an as-is basis. No refunds. Produced in association with the local Dairy Council and viewers like you.